across the greatest city known to man, from Altona to Abbotsford. From inside the Melbourne Club to outside and into the Bentley, it's Howie and the Moon Man. And of course me, Malcolm, the Prime Minister. The Winter Breakfast on Triple M. Oh, good morning, Melbourne Town. Four after six, 7.7. A bit warmer than it was this time yesterday when it was three degrees. A little bit of mm. rain around, a few clouds heading to a top of 15. The Moon Dog is in the house. Hello, Moon. Hello, Howie. It's uh, Thursday. Only two more days of our winter breakfast shift, and the, the team amble back in here on Monday morning. Ed Mick and Das after a well deserved break. Uh, cycling around by the lake this morning. Nothing to report. Moon was high. Cityscape, terrific. You were high when you were cycling around the lake. The moon. Oh, I thought you were doing a bit of third person work. The moon was high. Right. I see what you did. Yeah, that's right. I punched the billy out by the boat sheds there and uh, just rocked up Clarendon straight to work. Magnificent. (laughs) Rosie's back in the studio after Tom was here for a week. Hello, Rose. Great to have you back. So good to be back. I didn't ride though today. I, I got a cab. A cab? I feel a bit silly now because I thought it was going to be more cold than it is. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a balmy seven degrees. Beautiful uh, around well, the lake. you didn't feel and, anything. And how's the beast you, going? The uh, Beast the... is good, thank you. The car that broke down a couple of weeks ago, but mm. um, she's back. The WB is okay. It was just a plug in the transmission. Got a bearing issue that I need to get um, sorted, but yeah, there was some sort of clamp that okay. let all of my transmission fluid out. Not, a, not a good start of the day. Naturally, You're not a mechanical man, are no, you? No, I'm you not a mechanical You commentate man. the MotoGP <laughs> yeah. and, uh, the and Formula, Formula One, one. <laughs> and you said clamp. Oh, Clamp like it's a oh it's a clamp. <laughs> I have spent quite a bit of time in a career working in the Formula One pits, reporting what's going on. I couldn't change a tire. <laughs> <laughs> Just you you hear woo, woo, and think what the hell is that noise? <laughs> yeah, no, not Just, not mechanically minded. <laughs> I can tell you about no, I can't. Now what we have you done, just love it when it's. Four foot and offshore. Which it That's was yesterday. It was two foot and offshore and me and the big potsy went out and got a few nice waves of boings yesterday. Have you good. got a have you got a surfer nickname? Like are you the big kahuna or or just, the moon doggy? Just the kook. The kook. <laughs> that means you can't surf. And is there is there wave rage where you go? Like, you know? Yeah, not really. Because it's a new thing, isn't it? it I would have thought that it's, you know. The antithesis of surfing. It is. That's rage. I, I don't understand. I, I'm more you. I surf like a Balinese. When the Balinese go out and surf, or the Papua New Guineans, big mm. smiles on their faces, lots of woohoos. They're stoked for you if you get waves. Whereas, yeah, down my way, probably not where I surf. More your winky pop gets a little bit aggro. Right. But normally, thirteenth. Yeah, no. This is where I was surfing yesterday. Thirteenth. Right. It's pretty chilled. But I got to be careful saying this because there'll be surfers listening to this now. But it is normally the surfer that has surf rage that have never left their own backyard. They right. have never gone and surfed somewhere interstate or overseas where they've been the outsider. It's a very small-minded attitude. Right. Very small-minded. Small-town stuff. Hey, now, traditionally, Open as we up, have folks. for two days in a row here now, I've read you the odd spot at oh. this time of the show. And I've got another odd spot for you, Rosie. I know you like the odd spot. I do. In bad news for dieters, it begins. Here we go. Now, we've established you as a man that judges people purely That's on their body shape. I'm just reading you the odd spot. Scientists have discovered that simply smelling food may make you fat. Which is dangerous for me. Yes. Because last night I cooked uh, Mrs. Mooney her birthday cake. Right. Uh, it was the end of the birthday festival and uh, cooked a beautiful chocolate cake. Right. And, and you it look like good. It looked like you had a decent smell of that cake. <laughs> a University of California experiment on mice with deficient, normal, and super smelling powers. I don't know how you decide which mouse smells well. But anyway, this study found that those with no sense of smell stayed slim. Those wow. with enhanced smell ballooned 
to twice their normal weight, even though the mice ate exactly the same See, amount. that is wow. amazing, isn't it? So the, your olfactory system or its acuity can affect your your ability to absorb or, or shed fat. Yeah. Right. It, now, if a mouse has got a very good sense of smell, how can it live with its own urine? Because those things <laughs> stink. But how do they know? Do they therefore have to do a test on the mice before you get into the test as you to know whether what? you've got a good sense of smell? I'd say yeah. I think some mice aren't getting out of that without some probes stuck up their noses. <laughs> Not a cool <laughs> examination. Joey Montagna joins us at 25 to 8, 25 to 9. Shane Jacobson. Could be some traffic chaos in Melbourne today. We need to discuss that next. And, of course, some big news. The voice of Kermit the Frog is giving it away after 27 years. The second voice. Aww. The original was Jim Henson. And uh, who doesn't love the Muppets? A little bit of... This song will always oh, warm you your that. heart. Oh, I'm not sure Rosie was well, up We can do some rainbow one. connection later. Yeah, right? I reckon that's a good oh, idea. Right. Winter breakfast. Now. Triple M. Just dropped it on you. Right. Yesterday, uh, I was uh, given charge of my daughter, yes. Maggie, four years old, and uh, we went off to the Harold Holt swimming pool together. Oh, nice. Uh, ironically named. Now, the difficult thing is, Howie, put the togs on before we go, so we only have to go into the change room once, mm. because I'm taking a four-year-old yeah. girl into the world of naked men. Ew. Uh, yeah, ew. <laughs> but do you know what? Not for her, for them. Because she is just like, boom, eyes staring. And so we get in there to change afterwards. Right. And uh, get in the shower, shower, come out. She's standing on the bench. I'm getting ready so I can then get her ready. And there's a bloke beside me changing. And I can see her line of vision is straight down to his tackle. And she is unwavering. And I turn around. It's, it's making him feel very uncomfortable. Now, I notice uh, through my peripheral vision that this man is relatively well endowed. And I'm just waiting for it. Oh, I'm no. just waiting for it. Oh, it's like right. the comparison. He's got a bigger penis than you, Dad. <laughs> In my mind, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> And I'm looking at her. I'm like, I'm maintaining eye contact with her, but she is not not moving a bit. And then she just goes, "I want a little brother." It's like, oh, okay, that's that's not a bad one. We can work with that. I said, "Yeah, that a little brother would be good." Me and Mum are going to try and make a baby. We we want you to have a little brother too. She goes, "Yeah, a little brother." Anyway, get her dress, get out of there, and then over dinner it came out. She goes, "Mum goes, uh, so how was swimming?" And she goes, "Good." S saw a man's penis. <laughs> <laughs> this is over dinner. Over dinner. And she goes, did you? And she goes, yes. Dad's, dad's, dad. And I said, don't please. And she goes, it's not very big, is it, dad? Oh, Maggie. <laughs> oh, Mag. I said, I, was, I wanted to say, no, that man was extraordinarily large. But I said, no, that's right. Dad's just a little fella. <laughs> Oh dear! Plenty still <laughs> Over to come. Plenty still to come. <laughs> nice story. <laughs> Headline story that's not a story. I bring to your attention, Lawrence Mini. Front page of the Herald Sun today. Page three. A big little uh, promo there. Bomber, as in Bomber Thompson, embroiled in Amber scandal. Amber Harrison being the lady that was involved with a boss at Channel Seven. I'm sure most people are aware of the story. No, I, you're not using the name. Howie? Oh, it's, it's, it's a little bit grubby for me to get too far involved in that. However, you think, well, oh, no, there's Bomber. But she's also been connected to somebody who's very uh, 
senior in the radio world as well. My word. Nova recently. So you get to page three and you see a picture of Amber and Bomber, weekend trip cost a bomber, and you immediately think, well, Bomber's Oh, no, not Bomber as well. An AFL great, I read you the first paragraph, has been dragged into the scandal surrounding the former lover of seven boss, Tim Warner. You think, oh, crikey, what's going on here? Second paragraph, Amber Harrison used a company credit card to splurge on luxury accommodation and beauty treatments for herself and the wife of Essendon legend and former Geelong coach Mark Bomber-Thompson. <laughs> so this entire story, Rosie, from what I can gather, is Amber used a company credit card to have a beauty and spa treatment with the wife of Bomber-Thompson. And that is, all is about his Essendon. connection to the story. Okay. Oh, Howie, you're a sweet kid, mate, from Barwon Heads, aren't you? What, you reckon I'm too gullible? Well, no. The story, listen, they can't write nine-tenths of what they know in the newspaper. So they... They throw a little bit of mud. Right. They have a little bit of smoke. I'm not saying that there's anything more to that story than what is written there, but there could be a lot more. I just found it slightly misleading. Well, <laughs> uh, what, what, slightly. Uh, it, it could, can be completely misleading or it might be an entree into a world of hurt for all involved. I'm going misleading. Give us a call, one triple three five three. The Pressure Test Quiz coming up with the Prime Minister of Australia next. We've got tickets to see Paul Kelly at a secret gig, Rosie. His new album, Life is Fine, is oh, out on the 11th of really? August. I'm going to be yes. out of the studio ringing one triple three five three. Yes, that's it. So a give us a call gig now. with Paul Kelly. <gasps> yes. Australia's greatest singer-songwriter. Oh, that's it. That's it. So one triple three five three. Give us a call now. It is that time in the morning. This is not your average radio quiz, though, mm. because this one is conducted by the Prime Minister of Australia, Mr. Malcolm Turnbull. G'day, Turns. G'day, Howie. Good on you. And hello to you too, Rosie. Hello, Prime Turns. Minister. The ball. That's what they call me. The ball. <laughs> Do they? Mm. Malcolm Blair Turnbull. Unfortunately, New South Wales couldn't get the job done against the Maroons no. last night. Uh Valentine Holmes scoring a hat-trick. Valentine Holmes, that sounds like a retirement village, doesn't it? <laughs> Where they'd be bathing pensioners with Caro or something. <laughs> but, um, you know, how they dress up the name and then it's a lot worse than it, you know, appears to be. But uh, I really love Prime Minister when those men in charge or women in charge of our country mm. get involved in sporting discussions. Good. Because your knowledge is always first rate and you never make fools Well, do yourselves. a try. That's what I say to people that play rugby. Do <laughs> That's a try. Right. That's then right. convert that try into offshore bonds in a foreign currency. And when that matures, hide it in the Cayman Islands and funnel it back through your... Tr oh, sorry, wrong sport. Exactly. Um, <laughs> now, the pressure test quiz, name, I believe. Name seven, seven rugby league sides in the NRL. And we want the whole... Side, for example, the Melbourne Storm. So you've got to give us the name of the side and the nickname, Chris from Greensboro. Good on you, Chris. Hello. How you going? Very well indeed. Are you ready to name seven NRL sides? Yeah, I think so. Your time starts now. Uh, Melbourne Storm, uh, Brisbane Broncos. Broncos. Uh, Sydney Roosters. The Sydney Roosters will take. Uh, the Rab uh, Rabbitohs, the South City Rabbitohs. Yes. Go keep um, going. Three. Four. Uh, North Queensland Cowboys. Five. Five. Uh, Cronulla Sharks. Six. Six. Um, uh, Penrith Panthers. Panthers. Penrith Panthers. Good on you. Good on you. Chris, off the top. You're doing that unassisted too. Uh, we'll give you a slight correction there. You went for Cronulla Sharks. It's Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Oh, I mean, you don't want to upset people from the Shire. No. ScoMo's <laughs> from the Shire, and he can cut up, cut up sick. 
Chris, uh, uh, you've won tickets you for won? you and three mates to see Paul Kelly live at a secret gig. His new album, Life is Fine, is out on August the 11th. Uh, well done to you. Great man. Awesome. Thank you very much. Good uh, on you. Well done, Chris PM. Chris from Greensboro. That sounds nice out there. Is it good? Is it lovely? Yeah, yeah plenty of hills, plenty of trees. Good on you, Chris. Uh, well done to you. What a great way to start the day. What do you do for a job, Chris? Uh, uh, air conditioning. Air conditioning. Yep. Lovely. We all need it. That's it. Take care out there. Be safe at work. What This is fun doing radio, Howie. I like it. <laughs> easier than leading. Unfortunately, Prime Minister, um, you're not that good at either. Jimmy Wurtonen to join us in five minutes' well, time. look at you. <laughs> I've grown a bit in two weeks, haven't I? <laughs> haven't you? Jeez, I'd love to actually say that. But anyway, it's not you're, the time nor the place. You're not, a, not good at either. Domain Road closed yesterday as work began for the Metro Tunnel Project's Domain Station. The road will remain closed between St Kilda Road and the western end of Edmund Herring Oval for the next five years. There's a few changes now, in Melbourne this morning. Could I just say, Howie, when I heard the Domain Road is closing for five years, something inside me became very sad because I thought, I may not live to see this project finished. <laughs> You've <laughs> you know, got five years no, in you. Five years, but you know, five years is a long time. And I'll never be able to catch the tram down Domain Road again. It's gone. Won't be able to go to the bot. Oh. Yeah, there'd be a lot of people disappointed about the boat. Hey, Jimmy Wurton is on the line, the king of traffic in this particular city. G'day, Jimmy. G'day, guys. How are we going? So tell us exactly what's occurring. There's a few issues that I just explained. I came off the west gate. It was a different exit as far as Montague Street was going on. Just run us through what's happening, where else we can go, and why this is all happening. If you could do that nicely for us, Jimmy, that'd be great. Certainly can. Well, a bit of a surprise packet for uh, people using the Westgate Freeway this morning. Overnight, crews uh, managed to set up a new lane barrier installed. So if you're coming over the bridge and you want to exit at Montague Street, it's mainly Montague Street affected, you need to jump in those uh, the right-hand lane of the Kingsway off-ramp. Mm. Now, it's well signposted. As you come down the bridge, you'll see the big overhead signs. But if you want Montague Street... You no longer actually exit to the left. You exit to the right, but off the Kingsway off-ramp. So uh, it's all a bit confusing. I have to say, surprisingly, this morning, traffic's moving uh, very well, very light at the city end of the Westgate. No real dramas there at all. So may have actually done what they wanted it to do. You'll also find that uh, we will see a speed reduction. So down to 60 at the moment, just while people get used to it. And we're expecting big delays, but at the moment looking good. As you mentioned, uh, Howie, South Yarra, Domain Road, closed from St Kilda Road, will be mm. the next five years. Plenty of time to get used to that. So Anderson Street, Alexandra Avenue, that's going to carry a lot more traffic. And expect uh, Turak Road, of course, that's going to be very heavy just on the northern side of Faulkner Park. At the mm. moment looking good. Also closures in the CBD for the Metro Tunnel Works. That's Albert Road, closed from St Kilda Road. That's not five years, but certainly some time. And this weekend, if you're out and about this weekend, just a heads up, the Tuller Freeway is oh. going to close completely both directions between Racecourse Road and Buller Road. So that's quite a stretch of road there uh, from 11.30 Saturday night until 7.30am Sunday morning. I'll tell you what, uh, weekend traffic is just unbearable in Melbourne. But uh, one bit I want to talk about, Jimmy, is as you come off the Balti, that one lane that takes you to the tunnels... Yeah. Are they going to fix that up? I mean, it's a doozy. I use that one daily. And it's line. all sorts of dramas. And then, well, this new barrier actually on the funnel. Westgate. So you come off the Balti, and it's separated quite a bit of traffic between uh, traffic getting off the Balti and, of course, the Westgate through traffic. So, fingers crossed that'll ease it a little bit. But uh, if you want to get to those southeastern suburbs, a bit, uh, bit confusing and a bit nightmarish, really. Until about 6 30, 7 o'clock at night when it starts to ease. And that's for the inbound run. Good so, on you, Jimmy. Thank you for the update. All right. All right. Yeah, hoo indeed. Hey, there'll be blow-ups about this. How can they close over five years, etc.? And I've got a slightly different view. Now, I must preface this by saying I live in a town, Barman Heads, that doesn't have a traffic light, so there's not a great deal of traffic issues down there, Rosie. But That's not the only historical 
uh, element of Barwon Heads. Oh, there is it. What else? The, the folks are a bit slow down there, aren't they? <laughs> what a are little you talking bit. about? Well, just the way you 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 carry yourself and you speak. Get stuffed. A little bit, a little bit hayseedy. <laughs> I think we're all right down there rather than you city slickers <laughs> drinking your lattes and having oh, your avocado on toast. Now, listen. Latte listen. and avocado. You always now, go for that, you right-wingers. Now, listen, you knob. <laughs> As I said, there's only one traffic light down there, but it's St Kilda Road, close to five years. It seems extreme, but this is all done. All these changes are done to improve the traffic flow in Melbourne. You can't just start digging tunnels to improve the traffic flow and not shut streets and That's roads. Right. You can't make an omelette without breaking an egg and the... Uh, the best way to improve traffic flow is get out of your car. I understand for people that have to travel from the outer suburbs, be it, you know, Barwon Heads or Geelong or Cranbourne and Packham, you've got to drive because the public transport is shit in those places. But for a lot of us, we can get on public transport, ride a bike uh, or a motorbike, you know, get it. we've got to get out of the car. We've got to get out of the car. Might be a few showers today, so if you're a brolly-style operator, pack your brolly, and the man that wanders in here would probably have a brolly, I reckon, Jason Brolly-style operator. Yeah, well, that you go. Not really a brolly man. Right, no. no. If you're Gene oh. Kelly and singing in the rain, get your brolly out. It's funny, and I, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but I don't think brolly and man should ever be in the same sentence, personally. Whoa. I'd rather get wet. Rather? Yeah. The, the, the use of brolly. Yeah. You have got some old-fashioned ideals, haven't you? <laughs> no, I just... There's nothing know. wrong with a, an umbrella. Is there? No, the gentleman will carry an umbrella. Right. Without so that rules you an out, eye out, Howie. Would you use an umbrella, JB? Um, I'm not... No, not really. What a great Anyway, that discussion. was the overnight sport. Yeah, Thank you to great. Jason. All right, happening, JB? Give Thanks. us a call, one triple three five three. Would you use an umbrella? If you're a man. There's I don't think wrong many with will it. call in. Nothing wrong with it. Oh, you've anyway. got some old-fashioned ideas. Let's talk some origin, shall we? Uh, State oh. of origin last night. The Munster. Uh, halftime in game two, it looks certain that New South Wales were going to claim just their second series win in 12 years. To that point in the series, they'd outscored Queensland 44 to 10. Mm. 28 4 in the first game, they led 16 10 in the uh, 16 6 in the second game. They were just half a half a footy away from wrapping up the series. But as Queensland have done just so often over the last dozen or so years, they hung in, they fought back, they prevailed in game two, they kept the series alive. And then last night, they dominated Game 3 from the outset. Oh, they, from the word go, they just smashed New South Wales. And it was the Melbourne Storm connection of Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk and Billy Slater and Cameron Munster on Boo was absolutely outstanding. But we spoke a little bit prior to the game about the importance of the chemistry of having that spine, that mm. Melbourne Storm spine. It's only the second time in origin history that one club has provided the entire spine for a state team. The other one was uh, the Broncos in 94 for Queensland. And you could just see that chemistry and that understanding. They just put the team on their back and away they went, particularly Cameron Smith, who mm. just controlled that game that first 20 minutes and said, OK, boys, jump in behind me and away we go. And they did. And they just they grabbed that dominant position from the start and they never really let it go. It was outstanding football. Never has a bloke had a more appropriate surname than Cooper Cronk because that's exactly what he does. When he hits, boy, he hits hard. He really Cronk. coopers them. Oh, sorry. Yes, that's right. Okay. Sticks them in a barrel. Okay. There you go. Cameron Munster <laughs> was the big story. We know what we're going to get out of Smith we and do. Slater and Cronk. And every time they turn up, they just deliver. Uh, time and again, beat for Queensland or the Storm. But Cameron Munster, who was stepping in as the replacement for Jonathan Thurston, so big shoes to fill, on debut, set up two tries, and was just, he was outstanding. He just looked like he belonged, looked like he'd played 20 Origin games last night. So he's now cemented himself in that Queensland team for the next decade, probably, on the back of that performance. He yeah, was absolutely brilliant. Glory. That, well, it doesn't surprise ball. me because myself and Wally Lewis were in complete agreement yesterday. The two big names in rugby league that he'd get the job done. 
Um, and great news for Origin fans here in Melbourne. The MCG to host game one of next year's season, Wednesday, June the 6th. It's the 25th anniversary of the first Origin game at the G. Melbourne last hosted Origin back in 2015. 91,500 turned up to see New South Wales and Queensland. It is one of the great sporting events on the Australian calendar without question. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. We've got a caller on the line, Matt from Cranbourne on one triple three five three. G'day, Matty. G'day, mate. Boys. G'day, mate. Did you want to talk Hello, about mate. State of Origin or Umbrellas? <laughs> umbrellas, mate. Right, you don't use one, obviously. No, I do use one. There's nothing wrong with them. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, now, yeah. is, it, is it one of those collapsible small ones or is it a, a long one that you can also use as a walking stick whilst you're strutting no, along in Cranbourne? It's actually the same one as um, Daniel Ricciardo would use uh, while he's sitting out of the sun. Oh, OK. <laughs> Yeah, big, it's a Red Bull umbrella. Big Red Bull umbrella. So that's yeah, okay. Man. It's a manly umbrella. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, a it, manly it, umbrella. So it's yeah. no parasol with a frilly edge. Uh, as you'll see on uh, MotoGP grids and Superbike grids and where else, you know, what more manly could that be? There'll be umbrellas everywhere covering the guys. All right, Matty, they don't hold them themselves. I differentiate the point, but thank you for calling in. Uh, just one last bit on State of Origin, JB. Yeah, before we take a quick break, suggestions on social media overnight. We should build statues of Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater and Craig Bellamy outside Amy Park at the end of their mm. careers. The same vein as that walk of fame around the MCG. I really like that idea. Those four guys have been unbelievably good for such a long time in one of Australia's premier competitions. Wonderful servants of Melbourne. I think that's a fantastic idea. Few showers around, but all the men out there won't need to use umbrellas today. Oh, I don't like the way that you discriminate uh, against umbrellas and, and define masculinity. You, you're causing more problems than you know. But you're not the only one, uh, Howie. Uh, I've got some news here from LJ, our producer. Mm. She has told me that ex-England manager Steve McLaren was dubbed the Wally with the Brolly way back in 2008. <laughs> when he sheltered from the rain at Wembley in England's miserable 3-2 defeat to Croatia. It cost them qualification for Euro 2008. Mm. He was sacked the next day. Some people think that it was because of the umbrella and not the <laughs> loss to Croatia. Fair enough, too. So it can cost you your job. <laughs> Nick's Just on the sheltering line. from the rain. Nick's on the line from Geelong, where I wouldn't imagine too many men use umbrellas. Hello, Nick. What's your thoughts on this? Um, I agree with you, Ali. Uh, no umbrellas, mate. Get out, get out in the rain. It's not going to hurt you. So what, how would you feel as a, as a man to put an umbrella, a brolly over your head, Nick? Nah, nah, mate. Nah, nah. No good. Just man up, mate. Walk through the rain. That's it. Man up and yeah. walk through the rain, Lawrence. And just be wet. That's right. Just be wet. <laughs> but still be a and man. And uncomfortable. See, I, I don't disagree with the idea of uh, banging them at the football because they did impede people's mm. view. But if you want to use an umbrella... Go through life uh, free to do what you like, away from Mark Howard's definition of what it is to be a man. <laughs> Jason Bennett is here, a man that wouldn't use an umbrella to continue. Hey, big stories at Wimbledon overnight, JB. Big stories. The men's semi-finals have been locked in, Howie. Sam Query to face Marin Cilic. The big American came from two sets to love down to beat a hobbling Andy Murray. Had that injury, that hip injury, and eventually got the best of him. Murray dropping the last two sets, 6-1, 6-1. So he's out. Uh, Chilich also took five sets to dispatch Gilles Muller, 6-1 in the fifth. Oh, Gilles out. Gilles out. Uh, great performance from him, though. Really good performance to get as far as the quarters. So often when you're a giant killer, he knocked off Nadal in the last round, you don't kill any more giants. Well, especially when you've got the marathon five-setter. Yeah. It's pretty tough to come back from 15-13 in the fifth set when you're, what, 34 years of age. So tough to back up. 
Uh, the other semi, Roger Federer will play Thomas Burditch. Federer cruised by Milos Raonic in straight sets. How's this? He's 35 years of age, yet to drop a set at the tournament, Roger Federer. Just cruising on through, which is what Grand Slam tennis is about. And I saw Novak Djokovic complaining about uh, his scheduling and saying that he would have to play back-to-back days. But part of Grand Slam tennis is the endurance. It's the ability to yep. back up. It's the stamina. That's what we love about five-set tennis. Uh, having said that, Novak had to retire hurt after being up a set and a break in his uh, quarterfinal against Burdich, that elbow injury getting the best of him. So one semifinal will be Murray versus, um, oh, sorry, Query versus Chilich yep. and Federic, Federer versus Burdich in the other semi. I'd love nothing more than see Roger Federer win another Wimbledon. I think I, not alone there. I understand that endurance that you talk about because I find it difficult to back up and watch two five-setters in a row. <laughs> That's a good point. It's exhausting. It's like, oh, can't do this again. Uh, speaking of stadiums, as we were a little bit earlier with the MCG and Amy Park, Carolyn Wilson reporting in this morning's age, Carlton and Richmond both lobbying the Victorian government for multi-million dollar grants to redevelop Princess Park and Punt Road. Princess Park emerging as a new potential home base for AFLW, of course. Great. We saw those those games there last summer. It's a perfect venue for AFL women's. The ground dimensions are ideal. We saw last summer what a great atmosphere that old ground still has. Would extend its capacity to about 25,000, 70% of those seats undercovered. No need for umbrellas. And reopen the possibility of AFL matches being staged there as well down the track. Punt Road would get up to a capacity of about 8,000 and be able to host VFL curtain raises like the old days where you could go along to Punt Road, mm. watch the VFL, and then duck across to the MCG and watch the AFL game straight after. Both grounds well serviced by public transport and in terrific precincts. I love it. I love it. Ross is on the line. From Croydon, who wants to weigh in on uh, Umbrella Gate, whether men should use umbrellas or not. Hello, Roscoe. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? What's your thoughts? Should men use umbrellas? Well, mate, I was in Hong Kong a little while back, and I actually used my umbrella as a defence weapon. Yeah, there you go. Oh, what did you have to defend yourself against? Well, all the local population, all the indigenous population are quite a bit shorter than I, and uh, all they used to hold their umbrellas about, <laughs> and it would all equal about my height of my sort of forehead and ears and eyes, so... I had to sort of tilt my umbrella at 45 degrees and ram away down the street to get their umbrellas out the bloody way. But if they hadn't been wearing and using umbrellas themselves, you wouldn't have had a problem in the first place, Ross. We're talking about Hong Kong, how are we? Okay, all right, Roscoe. It's I think monsoonal we've got, over there. We've got one we? further call. Just get wet. Uh, who have we got on the line there? Jack. Jack is on the line. Where's Jack? From Melbourne. Melbourne. G'day, Jack. Morning, Jadens. How are you? Good, good. Thoughts on uh, men using umbrellas? Uh, just one thing I've got to say. Skin is waterproof. I'd, I'd, yes. I would like to contradict yes, you there. Jack, have you ever sat in a bath too long? No, I have. Yeah, right. well, what happens? It just wriggles you up a bit. That's, That's right. Yes. It, it is absorbent, actually. I'm taking out of this. Thank you, Jack. Skin is waterproof. Therefore, men don't need to use umbrellas. Or JB, clothes. Well, I think that's taking it a little bit step oh, too far. Oh, is it? Well, Be after, a real man. Get around in the nude. After Howard. what you told us, little guy, earlier on the show, I reckon you should stick to your clothes. JB, any further sport? I, don't, I reckon Harry, he's a, he'd get around in the nude, wouldn't he? I mean, even when he's out in public, he's got shorts and thongs. He wears the bare minimum mm. amount of clothing at the best of times. Well, when you've got a rig like this, it's a shame to sort of wrap it all up, JB. <laughs> yes, that's true. Now, uh, to cricket. Aussies have booked a semi-final in the Women's World Cup. Comprehensive eight-wicket win good, over India. Good, Critical good. game last night. Meg Lanning, Elise Perry, outstanding. Unbeaten 124-run partnership to guide the Aussies. Aussies home. And a little bit of AFL contract news. Good news for Essendon. Young gun Darcy Parrish re-signing through to the end of 2019. Taken at pick five in the 2015 draft. Moon Man, you're a great Essendon fan. Love him. He's been great, hasn't he? He's just one of those kids who slots straight in from round one. Away he goes and he's been great. Last year he, he got the chance to step up and take responsibility as leader uh, because, you know, there was 12 players out. 
and uh, he did terrific stuff and he's really coming on. He's going to be a great leader of the club. And then at the other end of the spectrum, it's not quite on the Liam Jones, my goodness, phenomenal turnaround, but Dale Thomas now likely looks likely to sign a new deal at Carlton as well, which is something that looked highly unlikely for the last three and a half years, but he waived that trigger clause. His last mm. month's been pretty good. He's kicked a couple of terrific goals that was Daisy of old this year, so yep. good on him. And good. one of the nice guys in football. You mentioned Elise Perry. I said to uh, my man Lawrence Mooney yesterday, I gave her a massive pump up because this is a girl that played uh, football, the round ball code for yeah. the Matildas. She came into the Australian cricket setup as an opening bowler, all and you know you're seven or eight batsmen. Now she's batting top order and would be the most consistent female batsman in the world alongside Meg Lanning. So she's a footballer. She's a bowler, and now she's a batsman. She is an absolute sporting genius. That she girl. really is. And I saw, I, I went and covered the uh, Australia-South Africa series last summer here, and they just couldn't get her out. She was just absolutely outstanding. I've got to say, watching Meg Lanning and Elise Perry is very, very enjoyable to watch them bat. They've just got beautiful techniques. They play wonderful cricket to watch, and they are just killing it at the moment. So the Aussies dropped their game against England. They needed to win that one last night. They did, so they're through to the semis. Good news. Thank you, JB. Big showbiz news, Howie. Big showbiz news, because the puppeteer behind Kermit the Frog has left the Muppets after nearly 30 years. Good old mate Steve Whitmire mm. took over in 1990 following the death of Jim Henson, Jim Henson, the TV show's creator. So they are looking for... New Kermit the Frog. That's exactly who they're looking for. Kermit. Uh, and what a great voice Kermit is, and, you know, everyone's favourite frog. I mean, apart from Fredo. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I've, I've been a big Muppets fan for a long time. I grew up with the Muppets. Uh, maybe I became a stand-up comedian because of Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear. Uh, and, of course, love the two men in the balcony there, Statler and Waldorf. Um, big job to take over. So huge. you need to be able to do a Kermit. Uh, who, and this is this is the voice of Kermit uh, as we know him. We will find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Thank you, Rosie. I think we get the idea of what oh, Kermit does. Is... Oh, you're a Kermitist. No, I'm not a Kermitist. That I is like a terrific song to uh, drive into work just a little after five past seven on Triple M. Now, we are asking you, who do you do? Who can because, you do? Because uh, they the, need a Kermit. the Muppets need a Kermit. Uh, I can do, of course. Uh, I, I have been known to do the Prime Minister of Australia. Can you? Oh. Yeah, right now? Really? Well, I'm not actually him, but I can impersonate him. Do him now. <clears throat> Well, of course I can do him. <laughs> Howie. Now. I mean, without any hesitation, I can do the Prime Minister of Australia. I can also, I, I can also do uh, my Shane Bourne in person. Go on. Oh, oh, fantastic stuff. <laughs> Welcome to Dancing with the Stars. Howie with the cha-cha-cha. <laughs> Howie, you tread the light fantastic because you're light in the loafers. For a guy that likes it four foot and offshore, you're terrific. Uh, give us a call, one triple three five three. Who can you do? You've, we'll give you away tickets to the front bar. Magnificent show tonight at eight thirty p.m. on seven with Andy Marr, uh, Sam Pang, produced by Aidy Brown, the best television producer in this city. I think so, I can update the lineup for you. Uh, you were on last week. I was did on a last magnificent week. Job. Mick Malloy will be back this week. Oh gee whiz! But Sam Pang is away, replaced by Ryan Fitzgerald. Okay. So I'll give away tickets to the front bar. One, two, three, five, three. Who can you do, impression-wise? Who can you do? No one. I'm not, oh, come on, Howie. No, that's not, not No, I, that's not true. I've heard you Kimi Raikkonen impersonation. I'm not doing Kimi Raikkonen. Come on, Raikkonen. Howie. Come on. I'll, 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 I'll run you okay, in. Okay, I'll give you my best Kimi Raikkonen. Okay, uh, it's the end of the Grand Prix. Yes. Kimi, uh, how, how did your drive go today? 
See, you're doing great, Kimmy Raikkonen. That's it. That's, that's it. where Kimmy <laughs> does speak. Nothing. Does not speak. What Where's do you think Kimmy about that from? impersonation? It's Scandinavian. In Finland. Is it? Finland? Nah, yeah. How was how was how was your finish? I'm a bit disappointed about the drive today, but yeah, yeah, you cannot lie. Oh, that's good. That is good. That's all right. Yeah. One two three five three. We'll give away tickets to the front by the very nice show. Channel seven eight thirty tonight. Kermit the Frog needs to be replaced after the real Kermit, Steve Whitmire, the voice of, has given up. So they're looking for a impressionist, an impersonator, someone to do Kermit. Hence, we put out the call, one triple three five three. I am Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Shane Bourne doing Kermit the Frog. We're giving away front bar tickets tonight at 8.30pm on 7. You wanted me to do my best, Kimmy Raikkonen, and you're not too aware of what he's all about. And I see, you know, he's not no. my most favoured athlete. This, after he won the World Drivers' Championship, the highest you can achieve in the world of motorsport. Wow. The champagne, the grid girls, the works. This is what he went with. It's been a good finish of the season. Yeah. It's been a good finish of the season. Very, very boring operator. Glenn is on the line from Lang Warren. G'day, Glenn. Who do you do? Uh, Donald Duck. Well, go on then. Wow. What? Glenny from Lang Warren. That is outstanding duck. Outstanding. You're in the running, I think, for the front bar tickets. Well done to you, Glenn. Who else is on the line? Moon Doggy. Robert well done, from Eltham. Uh, yes, yes, I'm going to say friends, uh, I two wives there. Yeah. My first wife was like a turtle dove, so more like a turtle than a dove. And my <laughs> second wife, she drove me to drink, yes, and I never got to thank her. WC, WC Fields, Fields. Nice. very good. Nice, from Bobby and Elton. <laughs> two from two. Stewie Excellent on the stuff. line from Burwood. G'day, Stewie, who do you do? I do, uh, I do Con the Fruiter and Marika. Oh, both. Go on, then. <laughs> Hey, it's what I, ladies and gentlemen. Today we got the special on the lettuce, 50 cents each. And uh, got me a Aurora Tula Sula Fula and the little gentleman's agape. Oh, wow. And what and about... I got Mar- I've got Marika. Go on, then. Go on. Hey, hello. How are you today? <laughs> me, Marika. I told the wife. And uh, God is looking beautiful as ever. <laughs> Oh, well done, Stewie. Well done. Very nicely done. How many tickets have we got? Because I can't pick well, a winner so we'll far. We'll give away some Geelong v Hawthorne tickets as well, and they are the hottest oh. tickets in town. Watch the Cats tug on the Hawks live in Luke Hodges' 300. Tickets from geelongcats.com.au. We'll give away a double there as well. Callum from Ferntree Gully. Morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. Who do you do? I can do the Munchkins out of the Wizard of Oz. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Go for it. I think we get the drift, oh, Cal. That is Nicely great, Cal. Oh, wow. Nicely done. Uh, and finally, Nick. I think a lot of this stuff has been discovered very late on a Friday well, night. Well, this is uh, your top line <laughs> entertainment <laughs> breakfast radio. Nick from Murrumbina is on the line. G'day, Nick. Who do you do? Uh, a bit of the doyen of cricket, Richie Benno. Oh, nice. Go Let's on there. Yes, it's uh, good to be here today at the MCG, where the South Africans are in a bit of deep pup at two for 22. <laughs> yeah, good. Good, Nick. Very nice, good. Nick. All right. I think uh, hard to separate. Oh, can we do one more? Yes. Because I love this man. Alan from Hopper's Crossing, you do Don Adams. He wasn't there ready to take, unfortunately. Oh. He's uh, Glenn, we'll try uh, and get him back. Glenn, who did Donald Duck. Uh, Glenn, would you rather go see Paul Kelly, watch the front bar, or go and see Geelong Hawthorne? Four. Um, oh, front got, 
Uh, front bar for you, Friday front bar tonight, 8.30pm on 7. Well done to Glenn. I thought uh, Stewie from Burwood, who did con the fruit and, <laughs> and his Marika. wife. Uh, Paul Kelly or Geelong Hawthorne for you, Stu? Uh, go Paul Kelly, mate. Paul Kelly's Man. got a new album, Life is Fine, out August 11. You and three mates at Paul Kelly live at a secret gig. And I also uh, thought Cal from Ferntree Gully with the Munchkins. Are the Munchkins still on the line? Yes. Yes, mate. Yes. Give me a bit more Munchkins. Well done to you, Cal. You've scored tickets to see Geelong take on the Hawks this Saturday at the MCG. It's the Cats taking on Lukey Hodge in his 300th. Tickets from geelongcats.com.au. Thanks, guys. Well done to you, Cal. That was terrific stuff. Well done. Thanks, everyone, for calling in and giving us who do you do. That's right. Christina. Give it a little bit more Kimi Raikkonen before we go. No, it was a very nice segment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very happy. Uh, the story continues about Karen Rostevsky. Uh, obviously relating back to June 30, 2016, when Karen's body, the 47-year-old, was found after her husband, Boris Rostevsky, last saw her at a Avondale Heights home. It's mm. been a story that's been continuing in the media, and it is now time to have a chat to Christina Hearn from Channel 9's News and Today show. G'day, Christine. Bit of an update for us, I believe. Yeah, good morning, guys. Well, we're outside Aven, uh, the Rostevsky Avondale Heights home. I found myself uh, out here many times over the past year, and I can tell you that Boris Rostevsky left about 20 to 6 this morning. Uh, we tried to ask him questions. He was in his car, uh, but uh, he saw us and uh, saw that we were trying to get him to stop, but he drove off. He didn't want to answer any questions about this latest development. It, so we haven't cited uh, Boris for a while, so it was so quite significant that we... Uh, finally did catch him here at the house because we've been here many times and he hasn't been here. This latest development, though, is really police turning up the pressure on Karen's killer. They will return to the Mount Macedon area this morning. They're going to search roads uh, they believe the killer took before dumping her body in the regional park. And this morning they've revealed they've had several phone calls to Crime Stoppers, which noticed Karen's black Mercedes coupe in the Mount Macedon area on the day she disappeared, June 29 last year. And they've also revealed a witness came forward and said they saw a lone man standing next to that car. They said that's very significant because this witness came forward before Karen's body was found. So they would have had no idea about the gravesite. And in a really interesting uh, part of this police uh, report this morning, they say that this observation... Uh, cannot be overstated. The importance and potential veracity of the observation mm. cannot be overstated. In terms of uh, somebody helping police with their inquiries, uh, who who is that person at the moment? Is there a list of suspects that police have given out or they haven't gone that far? Police have not said anything about the suspects other than to confirm that Karen's husband, Boris, is a suspect. They asked, mm. uh, at, at the time we asked the police, is, is he the prime suspect? And, he just, and police just said he is a suspect. I must stress that Karen's husband, Boris, has always maintained his innocence. But that is all police have revealed to us in terms of suspects. They're getting Christine, closer. thank you for the update. We'll keep an eye out for all your reports throughout the day, this morning on the Today Show and later on tonight on Channel 9's award-winning news. Good on you, Christine. Thanks, guys. Christine Ahern there, bring us up to date exactly on what's occurring. Mm, the heat is being turned up.
Seems it. 28 after set of seven, heading your top of 15 degrees. I'm just retweeting, Howie, the information from Victoria Police to help with everyone today to look at where they're looking exactly around that Macedon area. So if you can have a look on Twitter or the Victoria Police website, and then you can see what they're looking for. And if you have any information, please help them out. Nice work, Rosie. Joe Montagna, six minutes away. The Saint, who is about to embark on a whole new career. Uh, I thought he was trying to fly under the radar mm, with this one. He Are was. We're exposing him. Yep. We're blowing it right up so as many people can listen to him and commentate Football that is Ooh, coming in. Looks six like how he's time. trying to protect his patch. I yeah, know, I think I'll be fine. Winter breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> he might be the next Dennis committee. I hope he is. Moon Man, mm-hmm. public holidays, I think one should be declared tomorrow what so for? people can mentally and physically prepare for Luke Hodges' 300th oh. game on Saturday. Oh what well, do you think? I don't think it's a good idea at all. What's Come that? on. He, and maybe Monday as well. Luke Hodge, <laughs> undeniably has had an amazing career, uh, captain three premierships, played in four, yes. Norm Smith medalist twice, twice uh, and played 300 games. Not the first to do it in the AFL. In what, in fact, how many 300 gamers are there, Howie? Quite a few, Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Once upon a time, I remember at, at primary school, I could name, you know, Ted Witten, Jack Dyer, Dick Reynolds, and, you know, there was about five or six. Now there's loads. There has, but I, I still think uh, just what he's achieved, maybe if we the Queen gets a holiday, surely Hodgie gets a holiday. <laughs> Yeah, um, Martin Luther King, they had to push pretty hard for his public okay, holiday okay. in the US. Uh, well done to the Hawthorne Football Club and Pat Cash. We're going to play you some audio shortly. The this Hawks, is funny uh, stuff. Pat Cash is a massive Hawthorne man. Grew up, his father, I believe, played for Hawthorne. Patrick Senior did play for Hawthorne. Pat himself, that's all he wanted to do. Then he went on to obviously win Wimbledon and become a fantastic mm. tennis player. Now, Pat's over there covering Wimbledon at the moment. Hodgie kicked an amazing goal in the 2015 grand final against West Coast. A check side from the pocket. Some would argue it was a fluke. Others would argue he meant it. So Pat Cash roamed around Wimbledon and got some of your real, real big tennis names and put this question to him about the veracity of that goal. He started with Novak Djokovic. He's Hodgie, of course he meant it. Come on, guys. Thumbs up. You rock. He rocks. Yeah. He rocks. And I love how they, the, the tennis players have got a bit of acting yes. ability. Real... They just slip straight into it as if they know Hodgie, they know football. It's good stuff. Andy Murray, one of the great entertainers. <laughs> wow. Post-tennis uh, game. But he got into the swing of things, too. No, of course Hodgie meant that. <laughs> Not even looking at the goal. No, no way he means that. No, you bloody mishit that ball. That was just total ass. <laughs> <laughs> that total ass was the great Ivan Lendl yes. weighing into the Hodgie debate. I really that was total that. ass. <laughs> so they're really enjoying themselves. Uh, Leighton Hewitt as well was asked the question. Hodgie, that was absolute complete ass that goal, <laughs> but it would have looked better playing for their mighty Adelaide Crows, mate. Big Adelaide Crows, man. Andre Agassi, who is duck. No, I'm not. I, know, I shouldn't say this. I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. As Duck would say, Andre Agassi, he looks like he fell asleep and ate the pillows and woke up the next day. As you see him on this video, he's just grown a little bit, Andre. Uh, this is Andre's comments. Haji, he's a legend. Of course he meant it. Uh, of course, Martina Navratilova was in there too. She was. I'm not sure we've got audio of Martina Navratilova. However, this oh. whole piece de resistance was finished off when Pat put the question as to Haji to John McEnroe. So, Mac, what do you think about Hodgie's goal? Who the f*** is Hodgie? <laughs> <laughs> McEnroe was sitting in the commentary position with uh, centre court behind him, and uh, he carried it off beautifully. Could and then, and then he walks more? away. Come on, Rosie, this will go down in sporting the storm history. Off. 
So, Mac, what do you think about Hodgie's goal? Who the f*** is Hodgie? Well done to Pat Cash and the Hawks. Magnificent video. Very nice to speak to our next guest. Does a magnificent couple of podcasts. His name is Damien Christoph. One of the podcasts, you can get it on iTunes, is called 100 Not Out. The other one is called The Wellness Guy. Also does a nice range of muesli called Forage too, which is a big hit in the Howie household. We've got him on because, according to the Herald Sun, Damien, welcome to you. Have we got him on because you get free muesli or have we got him on <laughs> to talk about the flu epidemic? Well, that's part of the reason we've got him on. But my 81% flu is up, Damo. What is going on in our town? Oh, it's incredible, isn't it, boys? Howie, it's great to speak with you. Howie, Lawrence, it's uh, nice to meet you on the air. Mm. The, um, the flu is uh, it's an interesting little thing because, you know, it spreads the little bugs, little viruses are all the way through the air. And um, I think because... It's been kind of sunny and not really wet. We're not really rugging up as much. It's cold, but um, we're kind of getting exposed to it. And we're all getting exposed to it, but some of us present with it and some of us don't. So that's always an interesting thing. So it could be the preemptive strikes that some people have taken. You know, some people might have gone and got a jab, but a lot of people that I know are taking vitamin C and some olive leaf extract just to protect themselves. And, uh, and that seems to work really well as well. Now, let's draw a clear distinction here between the cold and flu, because some people get the sore yeah. throat, runny nose, bad cough, yeah. and say, I've had the flu. What's well, the difference? Well, that's man flu, Lawrence. That's, that's definitely man flu, that one. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a shocker. That's but the flu way can worse kill, right? Yeah, that's true. Oh, you're getting serious. Yeah, absolutely. So um, <laughs> the, the flu I can, is... I'm going to do serious as well. Yeah. <laughs> the flu is a, a, a potentially very dangerous um, viral infection that can, you know, take young children out and can take the elderly out. Um, Usually people that have got an established immune system, relatively strong, robust, um, can, you know, see the way through the flu quite well. You get a a little fever, it'll take your temperature up a little bit, you get a sore throat, you know, runny eyes, runny nose, um, ache all the way through the body um, and, you know, very listless and and lethargic. But, you know, most people can push their way through it just with a bit of extra nutrition, some vitamin C, good good food, nice warm soups and that sort of thing, and rest. You know, often um, the symptoms that we get, we're quite worried about our symptoms, but the symptoms are actually our body fighting the virus or fighting the bug that's in us rather than actually the virus taking over our body. So it's the way in which our body deals with it that gives us the symptoms. Now, you said that it's floating through the air and people aren't rugging up because it's uh, been warmer weather. Can you actually make yourself more vulnerable by being cold or wet? Well, that's a really interesting thing because a lot of people go, oh, if you go outside, you'll catch a cold. It's, mm-hmm. um, you do get cold and that can initiate a stress response and that stress response can suppress the immune system you know, mm-hmm. for little bits of time or, in fact, sometimes mm-hmm. an increased stress response um, can elevate the immune system. And so you, know, you might then, as an elevation of the immune system, um, you know, mount a response and get some symptoms to a cold, so a runny nose, and then all of a sudden you think that you're coming down with the flu. But really, it's probably just a, a normal physiological response to um, a bit of mucous membrane challenge from the cold air. Just to clear up something earlier today, mm-hmm. uh, where Howie was having a go at people carrying carrying umbrellas. If it not was people, if it was not people, <laughs> men, men. If it was raining outside, <laughs> yes. would you recommend staying dry, i.e., under an umbrella? Well, I don't like being wet in my clothes, so mm. I I would uh, I would recommend having an umbrella. Yeah, absolutely. Damien, 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 do you the guy that you, gives you forage? Do you use an umbrella, Damien? I don't, Howie. There you go. There you go. I don't. But if my wife was with me, I would carry it for her, and uh, and we'd both stay dry. Uh, so why don't you use How an umbrella, chivalrous. Damien? 
Well, it's very I don't. I just can't be bothered carrying one around, mate. Right. Uh, so you yeah, don't think I, it's a slight on your masculinity? No. No, right. I'm very comfortable with If I was carrying an umbrella, I'd feel masculine doing it. I'd be All fine. right. Damo, we appreciate your time. Forage Musely. Love the podcast. 101 not out as well. It's going great. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Thanks Damo. Damien Christoph saying, just rug up because the flu, 81% up, Moondoggy, which is a bit of a concern. And it changes shape every year. So you need to get that jab if you're in a vulnerable uh, group, children, the elderly, and people with ongoing conditions. Question time with the Prime Minister at five mm. past eight, where you can call up and ask the Prime Minister whatever you like. You don't get to do that on most radio That's shows. That's right. We're going to have question time here, just like in Parliament, but you are... Uh, asking the questions after 8 o'clock. Looking forward to that. We were hoping to get Joe Montagna in the studio. Obviously, something's waylaid, Joe. He's a very punctual man, so uh, we won't uh, have a crack at him for that. He's obviously got a couple of things to deal with. But, Mm. Joey, this Sunday, he wanted to keep this quiet, but anyway, (laughs) this Sunday, he's not here to defend himself. At the 110 game, Brisbane v. the Tigers, he's making his debut in commentary. I stress, not special comments. In commentary. Now, he's only going into the Brisbane market, but if you want to hear Joe in action on debut, and he's pretty toey about it, jump on the AFL app, and you'll be able to listen to Joey in full so voice. he's travelling up to Brisbane to do the Brisbane Tigers call. He's calling Brisbane v a, Tigers. Is it here? I do believe it yeah. could be here. And it's only into the Brisbane market. Yes. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, so so we, t- tell me, tell me when you commentate a game, you're in the box with how many people and how many people commentate that game? So you got yourself and a follow commentator beside you. Then mm-hmm. in the back row, you've got your special comments guys, your Luke Hodges, your Chris Judds. So that's up to four. Then in the middle of that, you've got the two man, the statistician gets to five. You've got Love your producer two, is six and you've got your sort of technical guru that presses all the buttons, usually Jace when I work mm-hmm. and that makes seven. So there's seven in the box. There's a big crew. And there's, but there's two main commentators. Well, to be honest, mate, it's a hierarchy. You probably go the two main special comments because they're the ones that normally have the egos, the Judds, the Hodges, the mm. Favolas of the world. The commentators themselves are more your low key. Your workmen like Mark Howies and and that's t- exactly. You're just your battlers. Your battlers like so Joey's going to be. Who do you normally sit beside when you commentate? On Friday Dar- night, I sit next to Luke Darcy. And Very I'm, humble. Yeah, I oh, know he's, he's the opposite of humble. And Sunday, <laughs> I sit with Wayne Swass, who is a humble man. Right. Good morning to Dance. If you're listening, yes, just no, well, no, he's, uh, he's floating around. In so the we've Riviera got some advice this morning for, for Joe. Joey Montagna too, because uh, it's a difficult job to do, and you're under a lot of pressure. And everyone, I can assure you, Joey, everyone has an opinion from your mum to your children <laughs> to your partner as to how you're called that day. And so, especially in this town where football is a religion, every follower has a love-hate relationship with every commentator. Correct. So if you're listening, Joey, what you need to do, like James Brayshaw does, is you've got to show some passion. Hunt's got to find it. He's going to have a go from 80. A bouncing ball goes through. Piss off. Piss off, bud. You can't be doing that. You've got to be passionate. I'm not sure about the language, but you've got to be passionate. Uh, but you've got to be careful not to be overpassionate because the language can be a problem, like BT during the grand final. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the centre. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the centre square. Can you believe that? 
Dropping the F-bomb oh, dropping in live F-bomb. sporting commentary. Tommy Boyd's goal from inside the centre square. What you need to do, though, is you've got to make sure when you're in the media, you know who you're interviewing. The great Basil Zemplis <laughs> from Channel 7 had a situation where he was wired directly to a coaching box. Didn't quite get it right. Leon Cameron, coach of the Western Bulldogs. He joined Lee pre-game and he can join us now. Uh, well, that's a good settler for you, Leon. Oh, not for us. Um. Yes, uh, Leon was coaching the GWS at that stage. As he still Basil is. thought he was coaching the Western Bulldogs. Now, Joey, it's very important not to put your integrity on the line here or that of the sport. Our own Howie. Oh, yeah, this uh, now, is, now, this is a BBL this is gaffe that has gone down in history. You sparked an investigation by <laughs> Cricket Australia I don't think because be you uh, decided to bring your influence to bear on the game. Now, you spoke... You were speaking to Hodge. Uh, Brad Hodge was Brad wired Hodge. up. I was in the commentary mm. box. I gave him some information. I didn't think it was appropriate. You brought this up. The cause Shane Watson agree. came into bat, and you recommended a bowler. Just before we let you go, Hodge, our master statistician Laurie Colliver tells us that Lachlan has got Watson twice in the last eight balls he's bowled him in really? the competition. So I'll leave that with you, Skip. I'll bring him on next day. Ready? Ready? All right. The power of our Let's get him into the game. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> Thanks, David, bud. Blow me down. Ben Lachlan comes into the attack. Very naughty. Very, very naughty, Howie. That's Kevin Peterson. He so, doesn't often give good advice, but that was good advice from KP. That was the stupidest thing I've ever done on air, so don't do that, Joey. When you... So what happened Are we moving that? on from this? No, I just want to find out what was the fallout, actually. Oh, about 37 newspaper articles, a call from the Cricket Australia Integrity Department, as you would expect and you should get. But to the guys out there anyway, bowling, it's just you suggested bringing him on and he got brought on. He didn't take the wicket do. though, did he? Uh, Joey, who will be commentating for the first time on Sunday, Joey Montagna, a bit more advice for him. Joey, you've got to know how to speak English, a la Andrew Embley on Triple M. By our understanding at the moment, we've spoken to one of the key engineers on the project <laughs> and he says... <laughs> An engineer. Yes, relating to the new stadium in Western Australia, I believe. Pronunciations are important. Just this, this very morning, Yes, our own Luke Boner here at Triple M had a little bit of trouble with Milos Rainich. <laughs> Milos Rainich. You don't want to be He's the big up serving. throwing to it there, Captain. He's the big serving Canadian Milos Rainich. Let's hear how Luke went with it. Roger Federer, however, had a, a, an easy ride through to the semi-finals. His quarter-final uh, centre court match was against Milos or Milos Raonic. Come on, Boner. Uh. Milos Raonic. And finally, Joey, what in obviously like that one. Finally, Joey, for your country debut, Lee Montagna on <laughs> Sunday on Triple M. Chris Kamara is an absolute superstar in the UK covering soccer, but Joe, you need to pay attention to the game you're calling. We're off to Fratton Park where there's been a red card, but for who, Chris Kamara? I don't know, Jeff, has it? <laughs> I must have missed that. A red card? Chris, have you not been watching? I haven't. I don't know where that's come from, Chris. I have no idea what has happened there. What's happened, Chris? Uh, I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The rain must have got in my eyes, Jeff. Chris, Chris, let me tell you, according, according to our sources, Anthony Van Den Boer has been sent off for a second bookable offence. Get, get your fingers oh, out and count up the number of Portsmouth players are on the field. No, you're right. I saw him go off, but I thought they were bringing a sub on, Jeff. 
As professional as my cabbage. Still nil nil. If you want to hear uh, uh, Lee Montagna of the Saints commentate his first ever game of AFL football, one ten this Sunday, Brisbane v the Tigers. You won't be able to hear it on Triple M in Melbourne, but you'll be able to jump on the AFL app. Click the Triple M link and you'll be able to listen to Joe. I don't know, Good Jeff. Luck. <laughs> Good luck, Joe. <laughs> Our next guest wandered into the studio 45 minutes late and said, boys, can you not bring up that I slept in? Hello to Captain uh, Snooze, Lee Montagna. Yeah, Hello, no, Joe. Good morning, boys. Nothing sacred here, morning, is it? Morning, Joey. I should have known. Should have known. As soon as you mentioned, don't mention something. Normally, I thought that was Mick Malloy. <laughs> don't mention something. So then Mick Malloy brings it up, but you've just done it too. Listen, there's a little story in Scotty Garland's article today, The Score. He writes a great article, and I've been trying to weave it into the show somehow. Finally, I can. Joey, is this you? Which football star briefly dipped his toes into the seedy world of being a gigolo to pay a few bills? On the record, on the record, Lee Montagna, is that you? On the record, it's definitely not me. And you see, it's how just, much would you charge if it was you? I'd be, I'd be a thousand dollars sort of an hour type of guy. Right. Right. You can it go says, the whole hour. It says which former footballer. Okay, too, okay, form. all right. Hey, mate, yeah. great to see you, snoozy pants. Yeah. Hey, you weren't snoozing in the first half last week against Richmond. That is the best football. I've seen all season, to be completely frank. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we've had uh, a bit of talk about that. It was some pretty yeah, pretty electric football. We played uh, played really well, and um, it was nice to, to put that show on for such a big occasion on a Saturday night for Maddie's match and the, the big crowd. So um, problem is now we've got to do it again tomorrow night, replicated against the Bombers at Etihad. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough backing up week after week, especially against the Mighty Bombers. You look like you've got a very angry little finger on your right hand there. Is that something that's ongoing or oh, from Saturday night? Yeah, no, that's permanent. That's just a permanent sore finger at the moment that's uh, ruptured some ligaments and there to keep a splint on it to keep it straight until part of the... Midwinter part of the footy season. Normally, most blokes are carrying something. Big mm. show Friday night footy. Uh, when you get your opportunities these days, it's not just important as a footy team; it's important as a club. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah, and um, we we put on a good show against GWS earlier in the year on a Friday night game, and then we went to Adelaide, and we're really disappointing. So we need to to play well. Big, big, big stage Friday night. We want all the fans to come out. And watch and uh, and hopefully reproduce something like what we did last week. But um, big occasion, every game's a sort of an eight-point game, the old cliche mm. at the moment, so we need to keep winning. Unfortunately, Paddy McCartan won't be playing. Really well spoken by Paddy, I thought yesterday. He, he fronted a press conference and spoke about the fact that he's probably 95% right as far as concussion goes, but they want to get him 100% right. Um, finished off the press conference in fine style, I thought, Paddy. It's not like a knee or an ankle where you can sort of see it or, um, you know, if you feel like you're right, you can push through it. Um, it's sort of something that's left a specialist and that's that's 100% fine with me because, um, yeah, you know, 10, 20 years down the track, I'll need my brain. So. Mm. I'm, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure he should play again this year, Paddy, to be honest. What's he doing after 30 years? I'm not sure he needs it for 10 or 20 years. I don't know where he needs his brain, if he needs his brain after that. But uh, How is he going in honesty? Nah, he's actually note? okay. Look, he's a great kid. Every time we, we chat to him, he's always upbeat and he's positive and, um, you know, he says he'll be right. He's sort of got that, you know, country style about him. I'll be mm. okay. But he's now taking it a bit more seriously, and, and the medicos and docs aren't. They're just looking after him. He's, he's a young man who's got a lot of football left in him. He's got a lot of long life to go. So just taking precautions. Um, you know, we, we're learning now there's more important things than football sometimes. Mm. But um, oh, Right. We're hoping. <laughs> like? <laughs> like your brain. But, uh, so we're hoping to get Paddy out there later in the year, but there's no rush and there's no pressure from anyone because um, yeah, he'll be he'll be a superstar for our club for a long time. Joey, I'll give you a chance to trot out some more uh, footy cliches. Uh, you're two games <laughs> off the top of the ladder. Is this beyond expectations for the Saints <laughs> so far this year? Uh, good question. No, uh, you know what? We just need to win one game at a time, Lawrence. We need we need to make the eight first. So you need your twelve 
it's almost a little process. Oh, you're just competing. You need, you need your 12 wins to yep. tick off sort of, or 13 wins to definitely be in the eight, and then you can see how many games are remaining and try and push for top four. But uh, no, that's our aim, try and win enough to get in the top eight first. Uh, Joey, uh, you wanted to keep it quiet that you're making your commentary debut this Sunday. Yes, I did, Howie. I heard that on the way in the car. Thank you for letting everyone know about that. That would need to be quiet. you're not aware, Richmond versus the Tigers this Sunday, Triple M, uh, Richmond versus the Tigers, Brisbane versus the Tigers, the 110 game. If you can't hear it in Melbourne, you'll hear it in the AFL only app. Brisbane audience only. The only AFL Brisbane. app, you'll be able to hear it. Next, we're going to speak to Joey about how he's feeling about his commentary debut. We might even give him some advice. We've got I some hear, great bits of advice here. I hear he's the next tennis committee rolled into Richie Benno all in one. Joey Montagna set to make his commentary debut on Sunday for Triple M. Brisbane versus Richmond, 18 after 8, heading to the top of 15. And thought he was going to just sneak under the did. radar, but we yeah, have uh, put, the, put the spotlight on How this. How are you feeling about it, mate? Is it, is it something you, you've wanted to do for a while, in all seriousness? Um, it's something that I've sort of worked towards the last 12 or 18 months. Um, I really enjoy the, the media space. I really enjoy talking about footy. I love footy. I'm a footy head. I've said that publicly. I watch a lot of games a weekend, and... If there's something I can do uh, after my career to, to continue to stay, you know, in the footy industry, well, then um, I'm looking forward to it. How have you been? Sorry, Moon Doggy, yeah. how have you been preparing? Uh, I've just done a lot of practice calls. I've come into the studio here, been to a few games live, um, and just had a crack at it. And um, been lucky enough that Triple M just said throw you in the deep end and have a crack at a game live. I thought it was only going to the Brisbane audience, so we didn't think it would be. Uh, Heard by too many years. But AFL can, app, you, you can, can hear it on Sunday stop. on the AFL app. Joey, on debut. Stop plugging that, please. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, looking forward to it. We'll just get out there and have a crack first. Try it, so we'll make mistakes. But uh, oh, what's sure. some advice I got from a wise man? It's like playing a game of footy. You muck it up and you just keep going again until you get it right. Have Who you would... got some heroes in the commentary box? Uh, some people who, who oh, you want to emulate? No, I'm not trying to emulate. That's one one lesson I'd learn. Don't try and emulate anyone. Just right. be yourself. Be natural. Um, and see how it comes across. But I do like the Triple M boys. I think they're the very entertaining bunch to listen to when the footy's on. You seem a bit edgy about it, Joey. <laughs> if, you, if, if this was you pre-game oh. Friday night, I'd be thinking, uh, pull the boy off. Don't let him play tonight oh. because you seem a little bit edgy about that. I was pull actually him, okay. Pull him off. I was, I was, the ground. Yes, please. The, the ground, ground, okay. I was actually okay until you keep pumping it up on live radio and people now know about it. Otherwise, I was okay. But uh, no, nah, it'll be a bit of fun. Uh, we'll just have a crack and see if there's anything there. and. They've got to start planning for life after footy, how You do. Well, that's what, it's, that's what it sounds like. It sounds <laughs> like you've got the boots on the peg and you've just gone, pass me the headphones, I'm done. Well, I'm not sure yet. I'm just, I'm planning just in case. You've always got to have a just in case. So I don't know. So we'll, um, I'm still enjoying the footy though. So uh, we'll try and, and make sure. And you're playing sure. good footy too. Who are you sitting beside? Uh, you and Giles are doing it with me. You and Giles yeah. here from Triple M. Yeah. I... I, I I recall the first game of the Big Bash, the first game of cricket I had to have to commentate, yeah. and I've never been so nervous oh. in my life. It, but that's mate, going to a national, you were going to a national audience. Well, they're live TV. streaming. Yeah. This is going to national on the AFL website as well. Don't forget that, Joey. You <laughs> might, you might. like you, Howie, to make yourself vulnerable <laughs> and admit that there was a moment of doubt. Yeah, there was plenty of moments of doubt. I'll give you the tip. There still are five seasons in. Uh, now, we, we compiled a few highlights to mm. try and direct you a bit of advice earlier on, Joey. What you need to do is you need to be passionate, but... Unlike Brian Taylor in the grand final, you don't want to be overpassionate, Joey. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the centre. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal from inside the centre square. Can you believe that? Don't swear. However, Joey, you and I sat with Brian, and we've discussed this during the week, actually, you and I. We sat with Brian on... Anzac Eve, Melbourne, Richmond, 
and he called beside me and you in special comments. It is the most impressive commentary performance I witnessed in any sport ever when that man gets going. He was incredible that night. Yeah, sometimes when BT gets going, he's unbelievable. And that oh. night he was on fire. I remember seeing a thing and how good's BT. He was, yeah, he was setting it a light on radio. Yeah, rarely puts a, a foot wrong. I love listening to BT. You've also got to make sure that you know English as a first language as opposed <laughs> to Andrew Embley. By our understanding at the moment, we've spoken to one of the key engineers on the project, and he says... <laughs> one of the engineers? <laughs> He's talking about the new Perth Stadium, old well, Heathers. if you're someone that does engineer, then you're an engineer. It makes sense. And finally, you need to pay attention, Joey. I don't want you getting lost in the crowd or thinking about what you're going to eat at halftime, because as the great Chris Kamara fan in the UK, if you're not paying attention to what's happening on the field, things can go wrong. We're off to Fratton Park where there's been a red card, but for who, Chris Kamara? I don't know, Jeff, has it? <laughs> I must have missed that. The red card. <laughs> Chris! <laughs> so, Joey, pay attention. I don't I know, hope, Jeff. All I hope on debut is that on Monday that Mick, Eddie and Dars aren't playing no. Joe Montagna no. cock-ups. Oh. This is this is like a hazing, isn't it? Yeah, I Welcome just thought to I'd the... just slip into a Brisbane audience. No one would hear it and it would uh, just disappear into the wayside. Hey, Joey, good luck. You do a magnificent job. Thanks, guys. You've yeah, got a good voice too, Joey. Yeah, that, I, yeah, I said that to you during the week. Unique voice. You're not a high right. pitcher. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Unlike myself. So just once more, he is calling the 110 Brisbane v Hell Tigers game. Yeah. If you don't get it in Melbourne, you can jump on the AFL app, Moondog, and listen to the yeah. entire call with Joey. Looking forward to the Saints Bombers too. It's going to be a great Yeah, that'll game. be a cracker. Everyone, so we want all Saints fans to get there Friday night. That's going to be a beauty. That's my pro. Hopefully I'll play well then. The commentary then can take You'll have a great weekend, yeah. mate. Thank You'll you. smash both, both of those departments. Front page of the Herald Sun, a serious story today. Killer heroin scourge is the headline. $17 a hit. Exclusive evil drug now cheaper than a six-pack. According to Ian Royal, Melbourne's heroin scourge is now spiralling out of control as the killer narcotics cheap price fuels an open-air drug market. Plentiful heroin is cheap as $17 a hit, mm. leading to a crisis not seen since the 1990s. And there's some hot spots around Melbourne where it's uh, unfolding, where you can clearly see if, you know people dealing on the streets and, moreover, using in alleys all around Melbourne. Just to get an idea exactly what is happening on our streets, we welcome to the Winter Breakfast Judy Ryan, who is involved with Residence Victoria Street Drug Solutions. Uh, Judy is on the line now. G'day, Judy. Thanks for having a chat with us this morning. Yeah, thanks for calling. Is it getting to be an even worse situation on Melbourne streets, as the Herald Sun are reporting today? Look, um, I've been living in Abbotsford, which is right on the uh, edge of Victoria Street since 2012 and the last uh, three years, two to three years, have shown a marked increase of people using uh, drugs in our laneways, in our front gardens, in our public toilets, in car parks and uh, the deaths have, um, have, that have resulted have been acknowledged by the coroners, two coroners. So the answer to your question is absolutely yes. I've, I am talking about North Richmond Abbotsford, which is the epicentre of heroin dealing and using in Melbourne and in Victoria, yeah. There's anecdotal evidence about, uh, you know, heroin being used around Victoria Street, but particularly late in the afternoon where people score and then shoot up. Have you uh, had people, you know, die or pass out near where you live? Have you seen it firsthand? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's all of the residents in the area have seen it. 
we, uh, unfortunately, it's becoming normalised. And when I uh, talk about residents, I'd really like to include the fact that a lot of little kids see this all the time as they head off to school or come home from school. Mm. Um, and I'd just like your listeners to imagine that happening in their suburb. You know, how would they deal with that when they're t- taking their kids to school? So it is, uh, it is an issue that really demands uh, leadership from our politicians. Uh, we're not targeting one particular group because we think this is a Victorian issue. We reckon it should be a bipartisan issue. It's not law and order. This is about health. We think we talk to the people who use drugs in our laneways. Uh, we get to know who they are. And you know what? They're just pretty ordinary people like the rest of us. And well, they, they, when they are injecting or after they've injected, we introduce ourselves and say, you know, I'm Judy from the residence group. Would you, would you use an injecting centre? And they have all said they would. They, one guy said, who wants to live like this? You know, it's just, it's, we're, we're doing our market research. We know these people. They want to get off it. They hate what it's doing to them. And, they, and one guy even hates the way that it, they've messed up the neighbourhood, you know, with syringes and swabs. and. Talking about the syringes, Judy, needle programs apparently give out 70,000 syringes a month, and last year 190 people apparently died from heroin overdoses statewide, the most, Lawrence, since the 1990s. We're speaking to Judy Ryan from Residence Victoria Street Drug Solutions. What I like about your approach, Judy, is you're not vilifying the users. You know, you're talking about the residents and the kids and how they have to witness you know, the drug use and the dealers and, and you know, the, the addicts. But you're also on the side of the addicts wanting a better outcome for them. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've heard from parents who've lost kids in our area. I got, I got an email on Sunday from a woman whose son died in August last year in a laneway on his own. She, her life's changed forever. She's lost her 27-year-old beautiful boy. You know, and what, what all we want to do is... So everything that we've tried so far in Victoria has not worked. Mm. So we're just asking for a trial, just a trial of what they've got in Sydney, which is an injecting centre, because you cannot rehabilitate people when they're dead. But when they're alive, Mm. you can. And we've heard from them, from their own mouths, that they want to stop this. They've had enough. You you, you cite the, the case of Sydney. They've had a safe injecting room in King's Cross for two decades not one person has died in That's that safe right. injecting room in that time. It's That's maybe right. time Victoria had a closer look. Judy, we oh, appreciate that... your time. Hopefully this can get sorted out very, very soon. It's, uh, Thank it's you for your interest. That's Judy Ryan, resident for Victoria Street Drug Solutions. Two sides of that story. You hear about people dying due to a drug. The other thing, as a father of young kids, geez, imagine if you're seven-year-old or your five-year-old like I've got, heading off to school in the morning, backpack on, lunch-packed, cleaned up, ready to go and learn maths and English, and they're seeing people taking heroin. It's brutal. That and, is uh, brutal. It, uh, there's, a, there's a solution, and I think Judy nailed it. Question time with the PM. The Prime Minister. Big Mal. Thank you very much. On 105.1. Triple M. Triple M. Prime Minister mm. has the call. 22 minutes to nine, heading to a top of 15. A few showers around today, Mark. How the Prime Minister of Australia is here. Give us a call, one triple three five three, and you can ask him whatever you wish. The 29th Prime Minister of Australia, hi. Indeed. Uh, since September 2015, I'm coming up to two years, I will surpass Tony Abbott's reign okay. very soon. Now, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I said his name. I mean the gentleman to whom some people refer. A question for me, firstly, before mm. we open it up on one triple three five three. You met the Queen over the weekend. Mm. Prime Minister, how did that go? 
Well, I've always had a lot of time for Her Majesty. As I said, I'm I'm a Republican, but I'm also an Elizabethan. Uh, don't groan. How, Sorry, dis how disrespectful, Rosie. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Her Majesty. She's done a terrific job holding the, the empire together. And, you know, unlike a lot of 91-year-olds, she doesn't smell like urine and biscuits. Uh, <laughs> she's a lovely lady. And what a terrific house she's got, too. Uh, it's very similar to my Italian 8 Palazzo at Point Piper. Very nicely appointed. A lot of gilt edges. That's what I've always liked mm. about you, Prime Minister. You can relate to the common man. Rosie, social media's lit up. Glad you met Lizzie. But uh, Sean Phelan would like to know... Uh, do you get Feeling the... good. Mm. <laughs> Wants to know, mm. do you get the Tom Tits with Lawrence Mooney taking the P155 out Well, of you? listen, Lawrence Mooney's impersonation of me, I don't think it's particularly accurate. <laughs> I mean, he's a very I enthusiastic do. comedian. <laughs> uh, he thinks he's funny, but um, no, I, I don't at all. I ignore him most of the time. And uh, like I do, Tit Shorten and the communists trying to reef our money off us. The communists? Ab absolutely. They're just a bunch of Trotskyists. They'll take your money away from you. You your minute amount of superannuation you've built up from commentating on this network, Howie. <laughs> they'll take it away from you. They don't pay super here, Prime Minister. One triple three five three. give us a call now and ask the Prime Minister whatever you like. Mm. Prime Minister of Australia mm. is here, Malcolm Turnbull, for question time. I've got one right off the top. We've got plenty of I don't need though. anyone. I like that song. One triple three five three, Prime Minister. McGregor or Mayweather, who do you think? Well, I think that uh, Mayweather's a terrific boxer, and if he went up against Luke McGregor, the little redhead from Tasmania, I think that there'd be carnage. Connor. Connor McGregor. I oh, don't McGregor. know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Prime Minister. Uh, Peter is on the line from Endeavour Hills. Pete, uh, hello. Welcome to the Endeavour Winter Breakfast. Endeavour Hills, that sounds impressive. Is that a, is it a oh. wealthy area or is it, Peter? Well, you've got half and half. Half and a half. Mm. Okay, what's so, your question for me? Question for you. Uh, boxes, briefs or commando? <laughs> well, I like commando. Uh, I, I feel like I'm in command. But, uh, of course, in the Liberal Party, we're issued with the Royal Blue G-string at the behest of Christopher Pine. Uh, which I find just a little bit uncomfortable, just works its way into the cleft, uh, especially if you're sitting in Parliament for too long. Of course. So uh, I, I always... it up into a mankini. Mm, I, I, I've got a specially designed silk sock from Italy that I wear. Where does that go? Well... Where do you think, Howie? <laughs> okay. I mean, put two and two together. Thank you, Peter. From Thank you, Hills. Peter. Good on you. Samson on the mm. line from the magnificent surf coast. Angles, any waves down there today, Samson? Uh, I don't know how sad it is. It's Tony Abbott. Is this Tony? Uh, hello, t the man to whom you refer. I'm sorry, uh, Tony Abbott. That's right. Uh, I have a question for you. Okay, only. I don't know whether we should be confident in the question. Okay, go on. Go Samson on. has. Go on, Tony. Man Donald Trump come to Australia and will he be travelling by bus? Right. Well, I don't know about that. That was was that Tony Abbott or somebody doing an impersonation? Or it could have been if Bob it was Hall. Tony, I'd say, why don't you uh, just swim really... across Sydney Harbour and hopefully you'll be hit by the manly ferry. Jeff's on the line from Templestowe. Uh, question for the Prime Minister, Jeff. Yes, good morning, Prime Minister. Please good morning, Jeffrey. Now, mm. for the last two years, the price of a barrel of oil has been under $50 a barrel. Mm. When it was 120 we were paying $1.60 a litre. Mm. And now it's less. It's a third of the price, mm. and we're still paying 
big heaps for a litre of petrol. Mm. Why is this so? Could you tell me? Well, very simple, Jeffrey. to try and keep the poor off the road. Now, I remember Joe Hockey saying <laughs> that the poor don't drive cars, and we did some research and we found out they do. And sometimes when I'm trying to wind my way out of the eastern suburbs in the Bentley, on a Saturday, they're everywhere. Going off to IKEA, Freedom Furniture, Bunnings. to try and, you know, furnish their meagre little cabins on the coast. We want to keep the poor off the road, Jeffrey, so we can just freely wheel around in our lovely big car. This is question oh, oh, time. I understand. I'm glad I'm rich. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, that's Jeff. right. Good on you, Jeffrey. You're in Temple Stowe. Uh, social media. Rosie, any questions for the Prime Minister of Australia? Not sure about this question from Chris Berry, but I'll try. Dear mm. PM, who would you rather shag, Bronwyn Bishop or Hillary Clinton? Oh, Hillary every time. I mean... <laughs> you can't I mean, say that, Prime Minister. You, yes, you can. I'll, I'll answer any time. question. I mean, Bronwyn and I are like brother and sister, so it just wouldn't feel right. <laughs> Plus that beehive. I've never been a big fan of it. Anything else on social media, Rosie? Or are we about to try it out? <laughs> Who would you rather shag? Only one woman for me, Rosie, and that's Lucinda Mary Turnbull, the love of my life. Thank you, Prime Minister. We appreciate your time and your candidness. Well, or candor, is I believe it is. My fact. Frank, whatever you like, Howie. Good your on candor. you. candor. Thank you, Prime Minister. It's a pleasure. Moon Man, as you're beginning to understand, working with me, I hope it comes across that I'm an optimist. I always like to look at the best in things, mm. and it seems we're getting somewhere with the cricket pay dispute. James Sutherland, the CEO of Cricket Australia, has now apparently entered negotiations. Tomorrow will be the first day that the 230 unemployed cricketers uh, will miss a payday. So interesting times in the world of cricket as far as that all's concerned. Hopefully it all gets sorted out. But there's bigger ramifications too, uh, as we heard from Andrew Bogart. You know, when players go on strike, it's not just the players who are affected. There's a whole lot of ancillary industries from, uh, you know, food sellers to merchandise marketers. And this has struck at the heart of the Barmy Army. The Barmy Army. According to The Telegraph in the UK, the Barmy Army, if uh, the players go on strike and they can't tour Australia, the Barmy Army will go bankrupt. Oh. Now, the Barmy Army, and this is fascinating, they've been touring uh, Australia since 94, 95, and were called the Barmy Army because they came out to support a team that was destined to be smashed. And they bring out, how many fans do you think do they bring out Ooh. to Australia? I would have thought for the Ashes, 20,000 plus. 30,000 fans will shell out between 15,000 and 20,000 pounds to come to Australia for the 51-day tour. They've got T-shirts. They've got tickets. Songs. They've got songs. They've got this huge, massive New Year's Eve party planned in Sydney. It's a great thing for sport. But this is very interesting. According to somebody from within the Barmy Army, they uh, have been told by Cricket Australia to keep shtum about this, otherwise their licence agreement will be cut off. And that basically means ticketing for those 30,000 fans. So Cricket Australia have weighed in and said to the Barmy Army, uh, this is our dispute reportedly. with the players, reportedly, allegedly, because uh, you don't want to get on the wrong side of Cricket Australia. You've already upset them once. <laughs> Thank you, With your Lawrence. commentary. <laughs> Thank you, Lawrence. And your carry-on. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Lawrence. So they've been told to, to shut up, but... Uh, Allegedly, but David Peacock, the uh, the co-founder of the Barmy Army, is hoping that it will all go ahead. Will it? We're going to feel the side, surely. One hundred percent. I would have thought. Who knows? In a situation like this, the next tour, is, the next pressure point, I guess, in about a month time, is the Australian tour of Bangladesh. Then there's some one days, I believe, against India. But you would imagine. You know what? In a way, I think it is a blessing that the Ashes is there because it is so important. 
if it was a, and I use this term with greatest possible respect, a lesser series against a lesser known test nation, there wouldn't be the pressure on to get this deal done. But I'm sure the cricketers, as much as Cricket Australia want to see the Ashes go ahead, and I've got no doubt they will. I'm, I think, you know, a lot of Australians are big fans of, you know, playing the West Indies. But for me, the cornerstone of cricket, be it one day, 2020 or test cricket, is the Ashes. That is cricket for me. It's a, a five-test series. Uh, we play the Poms. They gave us the game. We bettered them at it, and uh, hopefully we can win the series. Oh, I love the Ashes, and I'm looking forward to this summer, so hopefully we can get this pay dispute settled. We can prepare and uh, beat the Poms and the Barmy Army. We welcome them. All 30,000 of it. them. And all five. White, flabby, sunburnt. And drunk. All five of the Ashes, too, will be broadcast on Triple M after Triple M did their Pakistan tour last mm. year. See, that was great enjoyable success. listening. It was Loved great. It. it was good listening. Um, good fun. So all five Ashes tests, which is something to look forward to. Uh, now, something to look forward to. Dangerous. He's morning, in guys. the house. Hello, Dangerous. Any more umbrella talk this morning? I did enjoy that coming into work this well, morning. Well, what do you think? As a, as a fully red-blooded male, would you use an umbrella, Dangerous? Always use an umbrella. Would you? Good yeah. on you, Dangerous. One in my bag. Uh, yeah, that, uh, yep. Doesn't that doesn't surprise you, does it, What about my other theory? Range, rain gauge. Yeah, no, what are some of your other criteria for being a man, Howie? Don't use an umbrella. Uh, don't drink tea. Oh, my <laughs> don't God. Drink I don't tea. know if we should wade too far into this. Wow. <laughs> so basically, uh, the Kingsman or any kind of anyone that, with the English oh, Secret nice. Service. I've got a few more. Yeah, go on. Don't dye your hair. Don't dye your hair. Yeah. Right. What, blonde or any brown color. or any colour? Any colour. No colour through the hair. Pardon? What about a beard? No, a beard's fine. Beard's fine. But like, do you colour the beard? Like no, you can't colour the beard. Oh, right. Okay. No. No tea, no umbrellas, no dye. No. <laughs> That'll do for that the moment. Is. I think I've alienated enough of our audience <laughs> in one decent crack. What about manscaping? Um... Uh, no, good. it's not my go, but I'm, See, I'm happy for the Wayne Carey's of the world to get stuck <laughs> into that type of thing if that's their go. Um... The interesting thing about you, Howie, mm. uh, in terms of how you know out of touch you are with, <laughs> <laughs> with gender equality, you're one of those guys that apologises to women before swearing. You go, excuse me, ladies. <laughs> As I did this morning. Yes, I mean, you did. Really? To As, Rosie. Which you didn't. I swear more yeah. than you do, Howie. That's right. Now, Danger, do you lay, another... your, lay your coat down in the mud so <laughs> Mrs. Howie doesn't get her foot wet in the puddle? I certainly open doors. And I'd give up my seat on the public transport oh. if I ever oh, went on the public transport. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. again a whole other yeah. story. I'm tired now, Dange. Yes. My other theory that I launched this morning was that tomorrow should be a Victorian or possibly Australian oh, public holiday for Luke Hodges' 300th on yeah, Saturday. I agree, 100. Yes. Dangerous. Yes. What's Look on your show today? Oh, I agree Umbrella with John McEnroe. McEnroe, rather. What do you say? You didn't hear what Luke uh, Hodge had to no, hear from that. John McEnroe? Well, uh, Paddy Cash yes, put a, a magnificent piece where he roamed around Wimbledon and asked a lot of people about what they thought about <laughs> Luke players. Hodge yeah. in 2015 and whether his goal against the West Coast Eagles from the pocket was actually a goal. We got responses from Andre Agassi, Novak Djokovic, Martina Navratilova. And finally, to finish this little clip on the HFC uh, Twitter feed, which was fantastic, we heard from John McEnroe. So, Mac, what do you think about Hodge's goal? What the f*** is Hodge? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Hey, um, I've got a Triple M beanie, a Rocks Footy beanie Woo! here, Moon Man. And yes. this is my question. Which American band modelled their name on glam rockers Pretty Boy Floyd? 
If you know that, 13353. Modeled their name on Glam Rockers, Pretty Boy Floyd. Spin Doctors. No, not the Spin Doctors, <laughs> but if you do know, give me a call. 13353. 105 minutes nonstop. Triple M Rock coming up next. Nana Muscuri, Dane? No, not Nana Muscuri. All right, Danger's just sitting in the studio with his umbrella at the side, about to sip on and a cup of tea. <laughs> he would dye his hair, but he doesn't have any. Yes. How dare you? <laughs> How are you? the show. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Howie. Winter breakfast. Dribble <laughs> in.